and welcome to DBP Radio Theater. My name is Joe Walk, Vice President of DBP. As everyone knows, Disgruntled Bit Players has a long and storied history as America's premier source of quality sketch comedy. What you may not know is that we also sometimes sit at home and speak into microphones. Which brings us to our brand new project currently seeping into your ear holes. Co-produced with No Ticket Productions, DBP Radio Theater will be your destination for the best in disembodied playacting. Each new episode will present a segment in a larger, serialized story. Our inaugural production is the thrilling noir detective tale, The Case That I Started After I Finished My Baking, featuring the classic private eye, Beige P.I. We invite you to sit back and give over your senses. In the words of the immortal bard, "'Tis your thought which now must deck our kings, carrying them here and there, turning a pile of slop into a ball gown with ham steaks." Or something. I think we can all agree that nobody really knows what the hell he was saying. Anyway, enjoy. Disgruntled bit players present a no ticket production. Jose Amador is Beige PI in the case I started after I finished my baking. Episode 1 Dark Come the Cronuts. <laughs> August. New York. The kind of day when a five-minute wait on the platform for the A-train feels like three hours in a flatulent wine-nosed asshole. I splashed some water on my face because my office wasn't big enough to have an indoor pool. <sighs> Work had been slow that summer. Slow like a teamster pulling double overtime. Last job I'd had was a cop who wanted proof his wife was cheating on him. Once I got him that proof, the bastard flipped out and killed her. It was devastating. A man who can't pay his private detective bills because he's behind bars? <laughs> it's the saddest thing I'd ever heard of. I was in danger of running out of scotch. I needed a client like a family values Republican needs cock. I was desperate. It's open. Then she walked in. Looking at this dam, I knew two things. First, she had class. Just standing there, she oozed class out of every pore, like a teenager's whitehead oozes grease. Second, this dam was trouble. You're a detective long enough. You get to where you can smell trouble like you can smell the cat box in the hallway outside your crazy neighbor's apartment. Mr. Amador? That's right. What can I do for you, miss? It's Mrs. Mrs. Catherine Ritzy. Ritzy? As in Arthur Ritzy III? As in the Ritzy Museum? As in Ritzy Industries? As in Ritzy Holdings LLP? As in Ritzy versus the people of the state of New York? As in Ritzy the Clown? Not the last one. It's a pretty impressive name, Mrs. Ritzy. I like to think so. I'm fond enough of it that I didn't trade it in when I got married. Scotch? 
Mostly German, with a little Welsh. Why are you here, Mrs. Ritzy? My younger sister, the little fool, imagines that she's fallen in love. And you don't believe in love? No, but my husband does. Which I suppose is why it's a character trait I associate with ineffectual jellyfish. I see. So I take it you're looking for a way to discourage this relationship. That's right. He's a boxer. His name is Johnny Marzetti. My father has sent Skipper abroad to get her away from him. I need to see to it that he isn't waiting for her when she gets back. You should know, Mrs. Ritzy, I don't do strong-arm jobs. I could afford to hire arms much stronger than yours, Mr. Amador. What exactly is it you want me to do? I want you to dig up some dirt on this boxer. Something he wants to keep hidden. Or is ruining a man's reputation distasteful to you? Mrs. Ritzy, I don't tend to see the best in people. I haven't, since my ex-partner took a hammer to my rose-colored glasses, put the shards in a bag, and then took a shit in the bag. All right. It looks like I found my private dick. I get $25 a day, plus expenses. Money is no object, Mr. Amador. It is in the sentence, Jose Amador needed money. Hmm. I like a man who can diagram a sentence. I like a seal who can catch a frisbee in his teeth. Can you start this afternoon, Mr. Amador? I'll have to start in the morning, Mrs. Ritzy. I've got some baking to do today. I'll be in touch. And that was the start of the case that I began after I finished my baking. I need to take a refresher course on naming cases. Word on the street was Marzetti's trainer, Krusty McCann, was getting him ready for a big fight. So I swung by McCann's gym to size the kid up. The place wasn't much to look at. Stained walls, stained mats, stained stains. If a room could sweat for two decades and then not shower, it would look like this. Don't drop them down. You gotta keep them up. Another five minutes on the speed bag. I keep telling you, you, you can't bring yogurt into the ring. I'm not overly fond of boxing. I've always had kind of a weird thing about gloves. Yeah, kind of always go for a knockout. Didn't take long to figure out which guy was McCann. You need to think of it more as chipping away with an ice pick. Each punch is doing a little more damage until the other fella's slow enough that he doesn't see you've pulled out your chainsaw. That's boxing. It's also ice sculpture, but it's true for either. People can be strangely hesitant to talk with a private investigator. That's why I sometimes use fake identities on a case. I'm something of a master of subterfuge. You've got to throw that shoulder at him, lad. Excuse me, Mr. McCann? Aye? Jose Amador, Fighting Boxer Guy magazine. I'm wondering if I could have a few minutes of your time? McCann took me to his office. The room smelled like a jockstrap full of cottage cheese that's old enough to drink legally. So you're doing a story about Johnny? That's right, Mr. McCann. I don't know if you're familiar with Fighting Boxer Guy magazine, but our readers want more than a boxer's weight and shirt size. So, what can you tell me? I want the scuttlebutt, the straight poop, the inside duodenum. That's a tale as old as time, Mr. Amador. Young John's a kid who's pulled himself up from the depths of poverty to make something of himself. He's an orphan kid made good. 
So you're saying he's on the level? The straight shooter? A pretty princess in a diamond tiara? I'm saying Johnny Marzetti has a good heart, a sound mind, a kind soul, and an amazing scapula. Can I quote you on that? Listen, Mr. Amador, I've been in this business since before you were born, and I never trained a fighter with more spirit than Johnny Marzetti. And after he wipes the floor with Pete Calamari next week, the whole world's gonna see what I see in him. Well, that sounds great, Mr. McCann. I look forward to seeing that boxing game very much. McCann told me Johnny had grown up at the Our Lady of Perpetual Misery Orphanage. I drove over to talk to the head nun. If you could wait here, Mr. Amador, Sister Excrucia will be right down. Thanks. If any of the orphans bother you, please poke them with this electric cattle prod. The orphanage looked like the kind of place any kid would gnaw off his arm to get out of. Will you be my new daddy? Get away from me, kid. Ow! Mr. Amador? That's right. How can I help you? Good afternoon, Mother. Sister. Auntie? What do you want? I'm here from Hey Orphans Monthly Magazine. That's very poorly named. We're doing a special issue on orphans who done made good. That checks out. And I wanted to talk with you about Johnny Marzetti. Johnny Marzetti? That's right. I would not consider Johnny Marzetti an orphan who done made good. Huh. Why is that? Johnny was one of the brightest children we've ever had here. He could have done anything. He could have been a doctor. He could have been a lawyer. He could have been a British... Polynesian fusion chef. But no, instead, Johnny decided to turn to violence. Sister Scrucia, I noticed that you're- I'm talking to someone, damn it! Was Johnny a troubled kid? Any disturbing incidents that I should leave out of the article? Are your ear bones broken? I'm saying he was brilliant and basically a saint. I just hate boxing. Right. Now... You want an orphan who done made good? You should talk to Johnny's sister, Daisy. That's a girl who's going to get somewhere in life. I see. Uh, well, uh, thank you for your help. Uh, oh, b before I go, uh, do you have a restroom I could use? No. Johnny's sister was working her way through night school as a waitress at a fancy all-cereal restaurant on the Upper East Side. I hopped a six train and went to check her out. Can I help you, sir? Yeah, I was hoping to speak to Daisy Marzetti. Can you point her out to me? That's her over there. The high-waisted one with the full pouting lips, bedroom eyes, and the figure to die for. I'll get her for you. Grape nuts are up. As Daisy walked toward me, I saw that she was just like the waitress described her in that last line. I thanked fate for dropping me in her path. I also wondered how the frosted flakes were in this place. Quisp in a wooden bowl for table two. Can I help you? Hi, Miss Marzetti. My name is Jose Amador. I'm a reporter with Serial Waitress Weekly. No, you're not. Serial Waitress Weekly folded five months ago. You have another lie you want to sling at me? I'm sorry, Miss Marzetti. Actually, I'm a private detective. I see. And most people don't like talking to a private detective, so you make up some bullshit. That's right. What is it you're detecting, Mr. Amador? So I told her. I told her almost everything. 
I hadn't intended to, but she drew the story out of me like a magician draws all those scarves out of his throat. I love that trick. And after, she told me her story about her and Johnny and the orphanage. When I turned 18, I left. I took Johnny with me. I got a job, got us a place to live, and tried to give him a couple years of normal high school that I never got. But he was angry, and he got into fights all the time. Not at all. Johnny is very even-tempered. Ah, so he fell in with the wrong crowd. No, he mostly hung out with the chess club. So, what, he dropped out because he couldn't hack it academically? He graduated valedictorian. Okay, so then how did he end up a boxer? Oh, he's just really good at boxing. Right, so you would describe Johnny as his easygoing, brilliant, and saintly. Yep. All right, then. Uh, well, here's my card. If you need to contact me, the correct number is written in crayon on the back. Mr. Amador. Yes? I'm exceptionally gifted at reading people, and you strike me underneath all this as a good person. But I need you to know that if anything you do causes Johnny to come to any harm, I will take this cereal bowl and shove it so far up your ass, you'll be wearing it as a necklace. Got it. Cocoa pebbles in a crunch berry reduction. Come on, let's get a move on it. I'd gotten a call from Catherine Ritzy requesting a meeting. I didn't have much to tell her, but my grandpa Amador always used to say, gift a customer what they want. He cleaned pit toilets at a campground in the Poconos, so I never knew what the hell he was talking about with that. You're late, Mr. Amador. My apologies, Mrs. Ritzy. I got stuck behind some excuses on 29th Street. Mr. Amador, this is my husband, Marvin Gormsch. Good evening, Mr. Shut up, Marvin. Please, Mr. Amador, take a seat. What have you found out about this boxer? Not much. Every single person I've talked to so far is telling me he's a Boy Scout. I've got to be honest, Mrs. Ritzy, I'm not sure if there's anything blackmailable here. Well, keep looking. If you turn over enough rocks, there's bound to be a worm eventually. And if he's wormless? Then we'll make something up. Or is that notion offensive to you? Not at all, Mrs. Ritzy. I will say I'm impressed with the depth of your dedication to your sister. I don't have a large family, Mr. Amador, but I'm very protective of the one I have. In fact, Catherine... Ow! Shut up, Marvin. Thank you for coming, Mr. Amador. Please contact me when you do find something. Right. <clears throat> oh. We're done, then. Right. Well, I thought he was... Sorry, darling. Ew! Hours into this case, I was beginning to wonder if I should have slammed the door in Catherine Ritzy's face. I headed back to the office to make a few calls, maybe do some scrapbooking. I had a few more corner rounders to add to my memory book for the case of the vomit-covered client. I just sat down when the door flew open and in waltzed a couple of mono-browed goons roughly the size and shape of a sermon tank. You Amador? Me Amador. You Neanderthal? Uh. Look, fellas, why don't you put me down for two boxes of Samoas and some Thin Mints and you can be on your way. Our boss wants to see you. Casually, or is he officially commencing courtship? Up. 
And that just so happens to be one of my favorite directions. Come on, take it easy. Where is Beijing being taken? Why does Catherine want to break up Skipper and Johnny? Will Beijing get his thin mints? For these answers and more, tune in for the next episode of Beijing P.I.